on chapter 88 of Jeff and Julie move to France during a global pandemic, a tip that may keep your pets safe. And Condé Nast Traveler has released its reader's poll about the most traveled to countries. We'll have the winners and the losers. Here we go. Okay, let's let's get this over with. <sighs> so, you know, I'm I'm thinking this is a very safe place. We're in rural France, and I grocery shopped this morning and I hooked my grocery bags, the reusable ones, um, onto the hook that's provided in the basket. And I get to the checkout and they were stolen. So let me get this straight. There's a there's a roving band of thieves frequenting Leclerc stealing one euro bags. Well, uh, is this I, what's happening? Well, it, it, this is Leclerc Villeneuve sur Lot. Villeneuve sur Lot does not have the best reputation so at this thieves. time. Yep, they you look they 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 took you know five or six euros full of grocery bags. Um, and you know, empty bags there. Well, they may, may have thought that they weren't empty. They may have thought that there was something you, in there of value. You actually believe that you didn't accidentally knock them off the hook. No, you actually believe that you someone would know. You would hoisted know. Yes. your little grocery bags. I do. I do. This is like, uh, I came home one time when we were in Rockwood, Jeff, we've been robbed. Okay. Yep. My jewelry is gone. Uh, all right. Turns out it was just Julie had moved it while we were on vacation and forgotten where she moved it to. Ah, no, these were taken off the cart. They didn't fall. I would have noticed if they had fallen. Well, you didn't notice that they had been stolen. I did not notice. I did not notice until I got to the... But, That's what I'm but, saying. But they if I was pushing the cart and they fell off, I would have tripped on them. Maybe. They were between the cart and me. All I'm saying is it's pathetic that people want to steal other people's, you know, old grocery bags. Yeah, well, if that's if that's what happened, it is very pathetic. Well, it is. It is what happened. And and everyone, believe me, they even sent me to security so I could tell them that oh, this re- happened. You reported it, did you? Well, yeah. They, they need to know that safety is not great. And you know what? I, They'll be all I, over that. The, the, the woman who was checking me out told me some other stories of what, have, what has happened recently. So... Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, as a, a public service announcement, if you are carrying your own reusable grocery bags, don't hook them onto the back of your cart. They'll be gone. They'll, put them in the cart. Okay. Put them in the cart where people can't lift them. All right. Just saying. And okay. make sure yeah. that you lock your car when you're returning the basket. And I guess on that note, don't just have your purse in the, t- in the top of the... Oh, that's never. We, we know that. We know that. Yeah. Like it, purses are always on your person, but little like, as you say, two euro, you know, jute, whatever bags, you don't expect people to be taking those. No, you don't. And they do. So no. be careful. Be on the lookout for. Be careful. Roving out band there. of. Yes. Grocery bag thieves. That's all I have to say. It was really annoying. So we're into some, uh, actually some nice weather. And when I say nice, it's not, you know, pleasant to go out in, but we really needed some rain and we're in kind of a four or five day window here of on and off rain. And it's actually quite nice, isn't it? Oh, you can hear the plants just going, thank you. Yeah. 
It's uh, it's greening up the the lawn. It's m- making the roses really happy. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very pleased to see the rain. And it came right at the end of our guests' visit. Um, they. Uh, went uh, to Paris a couple of days ago, and they were actually able to spend a, a good amount of time walking around Paris before the rain started yep. on the day they left. And they were here like the better part of three weeks in Europe, I mean, like because they were yes. as, as in Portugal first, Port- yeah. and then they spent some time here. They've got great weather karma. Yeah, no, they, they, uh, they really did well. Not only did they dodge the bad weather, but they just barely got out of here. I received something on an email, and I'm automatically triggered to get this. Uh, Dear Canadians, you're receiving this email because you're registered with the Government of Canada's Registration of Canadians Abroad Service. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is regarding the attack emergency alert. That's what it's called. Uh, and on October 13th, the Prime Minister of France raised the security threat level with the... Now, how do you say the Vigipirate? Uh, oui, Vigipirate. And, you know, that's the highest level uh, of, of security, meaning that there's a threat here in France, probably uh, due to the fact that France uh, is the third most populous country in terms of um, the core Jewish Population. Community, yeah. Well, this is the highest level, and uh, so they are setting up measures to prepare and protect the population in public places. And the decision was made, to your point, following an attack at a school in Arras. And I guess the funeral was just held for that teacher. Yes. And, it, you know, former students attended. The wife spoke. Uh, it was a, a very solemn occasion. Um, teachers are very worried about the fact that they can be attacked this easily. Mm-hmm. And this attack came three years after um, a, a previous one. So they're they're concerned uh, for their safety. But the ceremony was really to give um, this teacher, um, you know, uh, to recount his life, how he helped students, how he was a wonderful husband. He loved art. He loved to read. He wasn't on social media. Uh, he was a, a very appreciated and, and loved person so it's 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 really uh, unfortunate well, and they are saying uh, in this alert to always be aware of your surroundings when you're in public places now uh, be particularly alert during public gatherings and demonstrations and if you are in France three things expect enhanced security measures and an increased police presence at the border and in public places, and we've already seen that at the airports. Uh, monitor local media for the most recent information and follow the instructions of local authorities. So that's what we're getting from the consulate. And uh, you have news on quite a number of closings and threats. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yesterday, 14 airports um, were evacuated. Uh, one of which was Toulouse, which is an airport close to us, and Bordeaux, because they received bomb threats uh, either by phone or by email, or objects were found that were um, suspect. Mm -hmm. So it took some time before things got back to normal, but it's, it's the airport that our friends Bill and Linda were flying out of was not affected. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping that they made their way back to uh, Canada um, without any um, disruption. Yeah, no, it's, uh, 
The Louvre has been on and off closed and open, as as has Versailles. Yes, and and today six schools, one in Toulouse, um, was evacuated again because of of bomb threats. So France is on high alert, and it's it's understandable because there have been so many threats and so so much activity. Um, it's uh, it's a very uh, tense time. Well, I'm 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 kind of glad that uh, this next study was taken prior to all of this terrorism uh, because it does talk about the most traveled to countries. Oh, interesting. And um, on this list, Israel is number eight. <laughs> huh. Yeah, uh, I mean, so this is obviously prior to the attacks, but uh, this is from a now. How do I pronounce this? Con- Con- Condé Nast. Condé Nast Traveler. They released its 2023 Reader's Choice Awards winners list, and uh, this travel publication ranked the best countries across the globe uh, to to travel to, and and actually the most popular sites. Okay. And it's interesting that Canada. You won't believe this. Canada did not manage to make it into the top 20. Mm-hmm. In fact, not a single North American destination made it in the top 20. North America. That's so, incredible. Nothing for... Uh, huh. Yeah, n- not... Uh, so it's probably the North North Americans that are traveling mm. to... Well, it could be uh, Europeans travel. Like, we get a lot of people from Holland here. We get a lot of people from Belgium. Belgium. So it's just, I, yeah. But But yes, it was Europe-dominated. Absolutely. Huh. Uh, this list. And uh, I'll, just, I'll just run down the... Uh, the top 20, some surprises in here, like the number one place travel to is Japan. Yeah, I'm not going there, and we'll get to that later. Yeah, neither am I. Uh, another one was Italy, number two. Greece, we don't go there for tourism because of the dog situation, was number three. Ireland is four. New Zealand, which is a really cool place. Uh, I've been to New Zealand, uh-huh. and it's number five. Now, then, then we get into a lot of... Uh, European countries. So you got Spain at six, Portugal seven, then there's Israel at eight. Norway is nine, Switzerland is 10, Hmm. Turkey is 11, Um, Australia is 12, then Iceland, Croatia, Germany, the UK, South Africa, Austria, Sri Lanka. Interesting. And then rounding out the top 20 is uh, France, where we are. Right. But I, I, I thought Sri Lanka. What's huh. that doing in there? And then I just kind of went on, I just Googled <laughs> yeah. Sri Lanka. It's a gorgeous country. Huh. It's stunning. Anyway, um, I thought that was kind of interesting because there are so many obvious omissions from here, including Canada, which is a beautiful country to travel to. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I, I'm not quite sure. I, I, I know the Europeans travel within Europe quite a bit, so that might add to that. I, I've got to say, I totally understand why the United States is is, is not on this list. And, uh, you know, the gun violence there, you can poo-poo it if you want. It is real. And when people are hearing that, you know, there are three, four, five hundred mass murders every year, and I don't even know where it's at already this year, then that, that's, that's a little discouraging, I got to say. It is. But I think in France, we saw a drop in tourism because of the bad press that was occurring with all the manifestations, all the protests, all the... Oh, yeah. So I think people, if they could, steered away from, from France uh, and, and stayed closer to home. Well, one of those protests that's happening 
right now uh, is the doctors are on strike. Yes. So so you had to go to our doctor's office prior to Friday um, to pick up some information for a specialist appointment that, yeah. you, that you needed to no, go yeah, to. Right. And the specialists are not included. This no, is general, general practitioners. practitioners. And their their union is, is claiming that they're underpaid. I mean, the current rate to visit your GP is 25 euros. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Amelie, the um, healthcare system, uh, agreed to raise it to by a one euro and fifty centimes to twenty six fifty, um, starting November first. But they don't think that that's. Um, they thought that was insulting. Well, you know, one euro fifty doesn't seem like a no, it doesn't lot. But what they wanted was fifty bucks. They wanted to double it. And, and maybe they did that because they knew it was going to go back and forth. But right. I mean, but I think they wanted it to land at 30, right, 30 okay. euros. Right. And, you know, I, That's I, I, I was curious, what does it cost to go visit a doctor in in Canada? And we also have socialized medicine in Canada, and it's an average of $32, which is okay. quite significantly less than 32 euros. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, then curious, just wanted to go, yeah. see what does it cost to go to see a, a GP in the U.S.? And I just about fell off my seat. Uh, I knew, I like, knew it was going to be high. A, a buck fifty, 150 U.S. dollars is the mi- minimum, almost a minimum, almost a minimum to, to have a doctor's visit because they don't have the, you know, yeah. socialized med- medicine. No, but it's, it's insurance based, but they also have skyrocketing insurance rates. Yes. So it's not quite the answer, you know? Right. But here in France, we go to see the GP. Um, we use our carte vitale. Um, it, it pays for the service. Seventy percent of it is reimbursed by the by the French insurance system. The rest is reimbursed by your mutual. So when you go to the doctor for a visit, it, it doesn't it doesn't actually cost you. This is why I really like the two tiered system. I think it's possible in Canada to get. Alternative insurance. I'm just not quite sure how it works because we never, we never had it. Uh, but here, it's it's almost a, a prerequisite. Um, it, otherwise, it's it's you're right out of pocket. So it's it's reasonable. Insurance mm-hmm. is reasonable here, yes. unlike the states. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it takes uh, it takes a lot of the pressure off of the government. It does. It does. So they, you know, I'm not sure when the strike is going to be over. Um, it's it, it's been going on for a few days now. And it's sort of on and off, right? Uh, I think it's been a consecutive. They've been consecutively on strike since Friday of last week. I see. Um, so we'll we'll have to see. There, there's also a bill that's going to be passed in Senate to deal with um, desert medical areas, and that's what they call places where doctors just don't want to go. Oh, like here. <laughs> well, well, rural <laughs> France is a problem. So is rural Canada. Yeah. You know, it, it's not a place where the young doctors want to set up practice um, because if they're starting a family, uh, the schools might not be, uh, you know, as, as... Well, they, they should be incentivizing that. Like, you know, how about how about for the doctors that go to the rural areas, the, there's a little tiny bump up for the, uh, yeah. the visits, you know, I, because uh, it, 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 it makes sense. Totally makes sense. So, you know, we, we know it here. You know, we've, we've, we've been told stories about doctors who have retired and no one has come to take, in, to take their place. It's just that's what happens. Well, how long did it out. take us to get a doctor? It was like over a year. 
Longer, longer, longer than that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were lucky because our doctor is young. <laughs> so yeah, we're and speaks a little English. Yeah. So now yeah, we're... we were very fortunate with that. So that's that's uh, going on, and that brings me to the French phrase of the day. Are you ready? I am ready. I have your copy here, and uh, I don't know. It's short. It's one of the shortest ones. All right. Okay. Le médecin soigne. Mais c'est la nature qui guérit. Well, there are two words in there I can tell you right off the bat that I don't know, but I, I, I will say uh, the doctor, and then swang, S. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor. S-O-I-G-N-E. I don't know mm-hmm. what, the, I've, I've never seen that word. Um, t- treats. Oh, the doctor treats, but the nature heals? Yes. Yes? Yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, the doctor treats, but it's the it's it's Mother Nature that heals. Okay. Very good. Not bad. And this is actually really old. It's a Latin uh, proverb. Okay. So it's it it goes way before le français. Ah, okay. But well done. One more time. Uh, le médecin soigne, mais c'est la nature qui guérit. That's a very good uh, French phrase of the day. You know, I. Uh, I wanted to tell you that for the last couple of weeks, I have been dreaming in French. Well, you know that's a really good sign. That means that the language is infiltrating your brain. Yeah, but it's not the way I want to be dreaming in French. Like, I'm such a loser. My dreams are such loser dreams. <laughs> like, if, like, how about Margot Robbie is uh, at a Halloween party with me dressed uh, in a French maid costume. There, now that's dreaming in French. That's normal <laughs> dreaming in French. That would be a normal dream that a fellow well, would like to have. Sh- sure. Okay. No, I'm serious. Yeah, but you know what dreams, my dream you don't pick your dreams. You know what my dreams are? What? Uh, conjugating etre <laughs> in the subjunctive. Ooh, fun. <laughs> but you know, you don't you can't really program your head. Well, I know. This Be- is I'm telling you. This uh, like is like how why... many times do you have mixed up dreams? Well, like I know. Where different people in different places but are mixed up. How come it can't and... be that mixed up? I, I don't know. How come it I can't be know. mixed up in that way? I don't know, Jeff. I you know, know, I just don't Maybe get a break. Maybe you really are I just dedicated to learning the language. Don't get a break. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, so it is weird though, and, and I'm serious. My dreams are about con- verb conjugation. It's the second time it's happened. But and it's always about a certain tense. Like but so you're reviewing things in your head, I, that's exactly. in your subconscious. That means that you're really, really being proactive. You're really trying hard to master the language. That means that I'm a loser. No, I that's don't know. Really I don't means. know about that. Um, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, speaking of losers, we uh, <laughs> I tell you, this has happened to us twice now in a couple of uh, weeks. And this oh. this this goes this dates back. This stuff happens has happened to us since the dawn of time. And, mm. you know, Julie will recall, she, she finds a body lotion that she loves, discontinued. Yeah. Find a, a, a... Lip liner that I like, a color that I like, a nail polish color, perfume. a perfume, a restaurant, a whatever, yeah, well, and, and it's happened to us again. It's happened to us again, twice in one week. And uh, so we're out with uh, Linda and Bill uh, towards the end of their visit at our favorite rest, our favorite <laughs> restaurant. Yeah, nothing goes wrong there. Great service, great food, amazing, beautiful ambiance. 
It's in called uh, Le Caillou. Le Caillou. Le Caillou. Le Caillou. It's next to Puy-l'Évêque, um, and it's, you know... Right, right in the middle of wine country in Cahors. In Cahors, yeah. And uh, so, we, you know, we made some reservations, and... Uh, the place was jammed, yes. as it always is. Yes, and we speak to the owner, and we say, so what is your winter schedule? He goes, we're closed, we're closed. And Jeff goes, oh, so when do you reopen? He no, goes, we're closing forever. Yeah. And I just and I you know what you almost and, cried. You almost uh, cried. Well, be, well, because here's the thing: they were one of the few restaurants where you could go and enjoy a meal through the winter. Like yes. from now on until April, we got about five restaurants that we can go to. Period. And they were one of them. But that, but you know, moreover, they were one of the more beautiful places, and the food was just outrageously good. Uh, he said they've been just going at it, for, you know, tilt. hard, full tilt for a long time. Mm. They're going to take some time off. Now he didn't say for sure that they're going to close. But it sounded like it, and he's going to review in the spring. And uh, I know. and then the other thing is, <laughs> yeah. we had this guy, this sweet, sweet guy who huh. would deliver firewood every fall. And Julie calls him up yesterday, and yeah. wh- what did he say? Well, he had a tragic accident. He can't work right now because his hand is crushed. So, crushed four fingers on his hand. Yeah. So he referred us to other wood suppliers, but he uh, he said, and I felt so bad. Like he can't he can't even fill out the insurance forms because his hand is is so lame. Uh, you know, he's got to get people to drive him to the store. He can't work. Uh, he's in pain. Uh, you know, I it's just it's a really unfortunate thing. But I I I I encourage people to stay away from us now because we, yeah. oh, we yeah. seem to have a you stink know on. If we like your service or or product, Run. get your affairs in order. Yeah. <laughs> Call your uh, lawyer and say, I think we're going bankrupt. Why? Because Jeff and Julie like our product. Yeah. They'll they'll understand. Yeah, it's, oy, uh, it's unfortunate. But out of that, we we actually found a new place that um, we we really liked in Ante. Yeah, it was a new old place because we've been there before, and I wasn't head over heels about it. But I think they changed things around. Mm-hmm. I think so. It was really lovely and yeah. really good. So they're added to the list, and unfortunately, we've got to remove Le Cayo. Yeah, that's for now. really too bad. But you know what? What he did say? He said, "Get on our mailing list." Yes, and we'll keep you posted. So I came across a very interesting, kind of a sad uh, indication of where the world is at with respect to household debt, because it's really climbed since the pandemic. I see. And I I think high interest rates are are a big part of it. But uh, this is according to Love Money. Love Money, it's quite the website. Um, They also have Love Food, Love Exploring, and Love Property. But the uh, money website is really interesting and has quite a few articles. And this one I found just fascinating. Going from – so they took 26 countries – And starting at number 26, Mexico, which had the lowest debt per working age person. So, again, this is average household debt per working age person between 15 and 64, based on data from the CEIC, the World Bank, and the National Central Banks. And, yeah, Mexico comes in at the best, which is, uh, in U.S. dollars, 3142 bucks. Wait till you hear the worst. Just hang on. Okay, okay. But yeah. Mexico's cost of living is yeah. quite reasonable. No, no, I understand that. Uh, Russia is, is next at number 25 at 
3,700 U.S. And then, you know, Brazil, China, Spain is pretty low. But again, now we're at 25,000. In debt. In debt per person. Okay. Portugal's right behind Spain. And then you got Italy and they're all kind of in the same area. Japan, Austria. Then it starts going up. Germany at 43,000 per person. And Ireland and South Korea. And then you start seeing this thing go out of control. Belgium at 50,000 per working age person debt. Huh. Uh, France at 52. Uh, the uh, United Emirates, Arab Emirates at almost 60. Finland, 64. The UK, 65. USA is number nine at over 17 trillion bucks. Total U.S. household debt. Think about that. Mm. It's the highest in the world. Credit card debt surpassing a trillion bucks. Interesting. And they are at uh, 78000 per average uh, working age person. Canada, number eight, highest in the G7. $85,000 debt per working age person. And they, they list the chief reason as the uh, country's excessive level of household debt uh, because of mortgages, which right. has become harder to sustain. Do you know that the interest rates in Canada in 2020 of October were 2.45%? Do you know what they are exactly three years later? Uh, 7.2% oh. wow. in Canada. And, and that's the prime rate. That's the prime. Wow. So mortgages are at nine. Uh, well, some of them are under that. I see. Uh, so like a, a yearly mortgage can be under that seven. I see. But yeah, some of the longer range uh, yeah, would be higher. I, you know, here's what I've noticed. Um, the In North America, certainly in Canada and the U.S., the ability to secure a credit card yeah. is, is – it's – insane how easy it is right but credit cards are not really a thing in europe they've got bank cards mm -hmm. which are kind of uh you know banking cards that have access to your but it's not uh, a credit that you can carry on for months and months and months well yeah like look at the states a trillion bucks in credit card debt right now yeah well it, it, yeah if people can't pay for it now they're going to put it on their credit card and they're just going to be paying interest and then compounded nasty over time yeah really nasty interest and compounded over time. And it's really difficult to get out of credit card debt. Um, so, you know, maybe that's really a North American issue based on the availability of credit. And then uh, number seven is the Netherlands. And they ah, have, yes. They have $90,000 of debt per working age person. Wow. Yeeshki. Wow. Um, and now, now here's where it gets absolutely nutty. You got Denmark. Australia, number three, Norway is number two, and the number one country with the most debt per working age person, Switzerland. Are you ready for this? $189,000 per person. Of debt. Of debt. That's interesting. I wonder why. And they also have a very high debt to GDP ratio. At 130%, Canada is also 
uh, spending more than it's making at 102%. So not good news. I'm telling you, these are things that could really go south fast. Yep. You've got to manage your your accounting well in order to be able to enjoy life in balance. Yeah, in balance. Like, you know, uh, uh, my pops always told me, you know, just try not to... Spend more than you make. That's it. It's, you know... Live within your means. Live within your means. There's a very good one. Mm. Um, hey, uh, while uh, Linda and Sven, my uh, cousin Linda and Sven were here a few weeks ago, he uh, told us all about these air tags. Now, I know you're saying, hey, that's only been around for years, guys. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, these air tags, which uh, are related, they're Apple, so they go with your iPhone. And we thought, let's get on board with that for our pets that uh, escape every once in a while. Um, so we bought, you bought four, got a yeah, good deal. Yeah, it was a four we pack. It was a four pack. In, in Andorra. Mm-hmm. And they weren't that, what, they're 35 bucks each or something? Yeah, it, not it even. Like it was 128 for four. And we thought, oh, these are going to be great for the dogs until, uh, I, I, I read how the whole system works. Yeah. I think we kind of put the cart before the horse. Well, here's the problem. They work off of individual iPhones. So mm. obviously you're going to get a more accurate and, and a quicker response to the GPS reading if you're in an area that is flush with iPhones mm-hmm. because it goes ping, 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 ping. Oh, here's where your item is. A lot of people use these for baggage, which is fantastic because it won't really matter. You know, your baggage is not moving. But for a dog, if you've got to wait between 25 and 50 minutes, which mm-hmm. is what we have to do for each ping, yes. it's not really doing... Well, because there... I mean, how many people have yeah. iPhones here? Yeah, not many. And so that's forest. how long it's been taking yeah. uh, for each reading. Whereas if you're in a big center, it's going to be two minutes tops and you're going to get a new yeah. reading. Yeah. So we both agree that the application for the dogs is a epic fail. Epic and... fail. We bought collars. We bought the little <laughs> containers to put them in. <laughs> We bought the. We did the whole thing. We bought in hook, line, and sinker, and now we'll make sure that our luggage is safe. (laughs) Well, I'm going to keep them on the dogs because even if, uh, like, Brad got out again a couple of nights ago and we didn't have it on yet. um, uh, But even if it gives you a general idea Mm -hmm. and it's maybe you get it and it's 15 minutes, 20 minutes late, you can go around there and look around as opposed to looking in other places. But. Uh, it, it's a good tip for your dogs because a lot of these other GPS systems are quite a bit more expensive than that and have weekly, monthly fees and all that stuff attached to them. So. Right, right. So, you know, um, we've noticed here in, in France um, that dogs are not neutered the same way that they are in North America. Mm-hmm. Like in the U.S., like 70 to 80% of all dogs. And Canada, obviously. In Canada, cats and dogs are spay and neutered. In in France, uh, the percentage is less than 40. Well, as a matter of fact, when you pick up a dog from any humane society, SPCA, that kind of thing, that dog will be neutered. You will pay that price for the dog's neutering and the rescue that I work for, Stray Paws from Greece, that's obviously a big part of it. We bring the dogs from Greece where they treat dogs horribly and uh, we bring them into Toronto and all the work is done by the vets in Greece before the dog comes over and all of the dogs are spayed or neutered. And that's that's fantastic. It's good for the dog. For female dogs, it reduces the, um, cancer risks. Right. Uh, for male dogs, it helps reduce aggression. 
Uh, and that's that's been uh, studied. And isn't it true that uh, all dogs who are neutered live longer than uh, unneutered dogs in general? That's what what they're saying. Is okay. That, like there's, a, I think, a year, it adds a year to uh, a dog's life, which is significant considering they're not with us that long. Exactly. But uh, I was I was looking up, okay, what are the best countries uh-huh. for dogs? And the number one country, and this is based on the World Animal Protection International, is Austria. Oh, okay. Because Austria has strict animal right laws. Like, for example, you can't sell a pet in a pet store. Okay, yeah. Right? You, Good. You, you, you can only, and, or online. Do they limit breeding as well? Uh, they limit breeding. Uh, it's um, it's a place where you um, can't have any correctional devices that harm the animal. Oh. For example, you've seen those big like wire collars uh, that dig like into those. the dogs, yeah. or even invisible fences are illegal. Okay. So they really are all there for the you know the welfare of the pet. Switzerland is also another great place for for dogs. Um, you have to complete a course before you can take home a puppy. Wow. Both in writing and in practice to show that you are a responsible dog owner. Wow. Germany, also very respectful of dogs, although they limit breeds. Uh, some big dogs like Mastiffs are considered dangerous. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm uh, on side with, uh, you know, it's the owners, it's not the dogs. That's, but, that's uh. true. It's true. But get this, in Germany, they do not allow pets to be sold at Christmas time. No, and that's very smart. Isn't that smart? Very smart. Because, you know, so many people, oh, let's give this cute puppy to Junior. And then all of a sudden, you know, Junior doesn't give a poop about the dog. And uh, the dog becomes really unhappy. Another country that's great for dogs is Hungary. There, they consider animals as being part of your family. They're allowed in all the cafes. Oh, same here. I love that about France. Yeah. France has also made the top five list as being a place that's just wonderful for um, for, uh, dogs and, and the life that they lead. In Hungary, they've outlawed dogs on chains. Oh, good. Yeah. You cannot tie up your dog on a chain. And microchipping and all that stuff is is, is, a, is compulsory. It's funny. I saw a meme on Facebook the other day. Dogs belong on couches, not chains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know how some people think it's a great thing, to, like do, like docking of the ears oh, or no, trimming of the tails. For Dobermans and stuff. Yeah. yeah in no. Hungary, that's totally illegal. Good. France, is, as I said, rounds up the top five. And they previously, French people had a bad reputation with their their pets because um, apparently a while ago, 10 years ago, the streets were strewn with excrement. Not anymore. Not anymore. And they've they have a program now where they've got bags that are available for all the owners, mm-hmm. you know, everywhere in major major cities. And you won't see Paris the way you did 15 no, years ago. No, there are poop bags everywhere. And I I started reading the worst Cities and, mm-hmm. and countries, uh, and I, I stopped because I, it just made my heart break. But Japan rank, ranks as number one. Good, we will for never go to Japan. To animals, never going there. China, Egypt, Greece, and Saudi Arabia. There you go. And Greece, I could have told you that horrible. Yeah. They they let no. them run. And one of the reasons here's one of the reasons. Okay, in Greece, I don't know what it is with the machismo thing, but they won't neuter the damn dogs. The neutering is the key. It's the first step. Yeah. So, you know, we there's huge... Uh, and isn't there a, a country here in Europe that that outlaws neutering? Yeah, Norway. Norway. What is... Hey, what is going on in Norway? Well, you know, it's, so, so it's a mindset. They think it's mutilation, 
right? Whereas we're, we're from North, North America, we think it's to the benefit of the animal. It is to the benefit of the animal. And, and, and Sweden only recently, uh, I think it was 1988, allowed neutering. It was illegal up until that point. You know, and now Sweden has become very responsible. They don't allow owners to leave their pet alone for more than six hours. <laughs> yeah. So you've got to come home for lunch and let and let uh, little uh, Ricky little... out. Or... <laughs> yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, those are just some of the places that if you're thinking of moving to those countries and you have pets, you should do your research to see how the yeah. country's attitudes are towards those animals. One thing I would say is I think even worldwide, even with countries like Japan, let's hope, and uh, and Norway and Greece, is you would think and you would hope that it's getting better because so many of the other countries, as you mentioned, Sweden. And, uh, and and France have gotten better over the years. And so you, yeah. would, you would hope that that is a global effort. Yes, for sure. All right. Well, uh, as I always say, adopt, don't shop. Uh, it's one of my favorite uh, slogans that uh, I, I, I use on our website, which I picked up on the Internet, and it makes so much sense. There's yeah. so many uh, dogs that need homes. So uh, I would just encourage you before you go and choose that dog, that Labradoodle or that this or that, that purebred German shepherd, just examine and consider a stray because we, we've had eight of them mm-hmm. and they have been amazing. Yeah. And people say, oh, there's lots wrong with the strays. Well, not in our experience. No, they're, they're so grateful. Yeah. Um, they're so happy to be with their, their human. And <laughs> our current pack is just, it makes us happy every day. Yeah. Lots of laughs. On next week's show, weather permitting, we will visit an apiary. Yeah, so uh, our guests were here, Linda and Bill, and we decided to book lunch um, at, in Peugeot, which is a, one of France's most beautiful villages. And there's a, a restaurant there called Le Pianoté, and they specialize in crêpes and galettes. And galette is a, a northern French specialty, and Linda and Bill had never indulged, so we thought, okay, let's go there for And lunch. there was a huge market on. We yeah, didn't even we know no it. we had no idea. And so we were, before lunch, we went around and took a look at all the kiosks. There were wood make, wood, woodworkers, and and uh, we finally saw this uh, lovely woman, Sandrine, who was selling uh, honey. And various kinds. In other words, like the one I ended up buying is from an apia, uh, is sorry, from a <laughs> acacia tree. Then she had others that were, and so you know what? We called her up and said, you know, it was so cool uh, yeah. visiting, and I, I've got to find out how she's able to get the bees onto one specific tree or. Yeah, and we and we just really wanted to see how her operation works. So hopefully, if everything goes our way, we will be able to report on that next week. All right, we will talk to you next Friday for Chapter 89 of Jeff and Julie Move to France During a Global Pandemic. A bientôt.